Hey, this is Justin, and I'm here with Denisha, and you are listening to the Focus On Me podcast. Hey, everybody. Hi. I'll say hi for them, I guess. So, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, today we are going to uh, talk about a subject that I, I don't think, I think it's often spoke about uh, when there's an engagement, then right after the engagement, there's more huge talk about it after the marriage and then from that point on till it happens or until somebody shut them up or shut them down there's conversations about this um and that is <laughs> that was an interesting tea up I know nice tea up right because right? I don't really know how to take it from where you left it <laughs> but that's your, that's your, your uh, people are probably like what are they about to talk about <laughs> so I'll say this. I, I think about when we were kids, um, when we had like a little crush on um, one of our classmates or, you know, neighbors yeah, song, and stuff. Song, right. People would say, um, Denisha and Justin sitting, sitting in, in a tree. tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then, then comes Why man. you bopping Then comes bunny and the baby carriage. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I think that's, a, that's what I've been thinking about with that limerick this whole time that we were planning to do this conversation is, you know, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes whoever in a baby carriage. And I think that what you were saying in your leading mm-hmm. <laughs> speech was... Um, having children is almost it's the natural progression it's what's expected and so when you said people we'll talk about this from dating to engagement engagement to marriage and the marriage until either there's a baby or till people have a conversation about why they're not having babies so today we want to talk about um that third level of relationship so love marriage and then birthing children, but particularly from that level of, or the perspective of infertility, um, and probably tying into that, um, child loss. Um, I think that particularly from, I want to say this, I believe that people's intentions are generally good. Yeah, right. I, so. I give people the benefit of the doubt that their godliness, their humanity, even if they don't recognize it as such, but the God DNA that's in all human beings, I believe that most people's intentions are right. And they don't probably understand their impact. So mm-hmm. one of the things I teach all the time is there's a difference between intention and impact. There's another saying, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And I think what people are trying to say is you can mean well and not do well right. all of the time. They mean well. And sadly enough, meaning well doesn't always um, heal the wound that the impact of what your action was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been married now next month, three years. Um, So we're within our 30-day mark of our third anniversary. So I hope you're planning some really good gift buying. But (laughs) nevertheless, we'll digress. Maybe we'll have another conversation about our anniversary gifts later. (laughs) But, you know, thinking about being married for three years, people have often asked us when we were going to have 
a baby, when we were going to have a child. And I think, again, probably meaning well. So today, you know, we wanted to have a conversation about what does that look like for particularly us, but relationships in general. And then also standing in solidarity with other couples who are probably um, facing some of the same challenges that we have. So I guess maybe the first thing I want to call into this space is um, why people decide that they don't want to have children. What do you think contributes to that? So there are many, many, many different reasons. Um, I think, so for me, so if I was to say, hey, I don't want any more children, that would be because I already have them. Right now, I do. I, I have three from from my first marriage. Um, and I think sometimes, and this is probably, <laughs> might be a little heavy, but I think sometimes what happens when there was a previous relationship where children were created, I think what can happen is, depending on how old you are later on mm-hmm. in the game and how old those children are, it may make you not want to go back to those stages. Mm-hmm. Even though you would absolutely love to have a child, something to re- represent you to, uh, you know, between you and your current partner, sometimes it's a struggle to kind of, it's a battle between the two. Like, yes, I do, but do I really want to go back to the the first stages of uh, butt wiping and, and poop oh smelling God. and baby crying and hollering and fussing and no sleep and all that? You know, it, th- those are real life things. Um, in other cases, I, I know I've, I've, I have some friends that, you know, have children and within their uh, family tree, there has been a lot of issues as far as, um, you know, different um, issues with having children. Number one, actually being able to conceive. There have been a lot of miscarriages. And I have other friends who have had, um, you know, instances where there's a lot of trouble after carrying. And then once they, because of other things within their family genealogy of where there's, you know, different, whether it's, I don't want to use the word deformity, but, you know, whether it's challenges, you know, whether it's physical challenges, yeah, different disabilities that are in the family, in the family genes. And sometimes people opt not to have them for fear that that may be the same story with their children. So those are some, to me, those are some factors. They're very common factors and very real factors, things that I know that I've spoken to people about, um, whether, you know, about having them or not having them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I probably should have said this when we were doing our introduction, but I think this is going to be definitely a very vulnerable and transparent conversation. Yes. Um, I think that one of my biggest pet peeves since being married has been when are you going to have a baby mm-hmm. are y'all pregnant yet why y'all not having no babies when you haven't had when and i think anybody who knows me probably from eight well 11 actually my oldest i say my oldest child aka my niece who <laughs> has a birthday here coming up this week at gosh yeah she'll be 30. Yeah. Good grief. Scary, isn't it? Oh my God. Yeah. I remember when I remember when she was an actual baby. Yeah. yeah. But so from eleven till whatever, I've always had someone's child. So 
anybody who knows me knows that I love children. Some people have coined me the baby whisperer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a education undergrad counselor by uh, profession, so working in classroom schools. Um, you know, my first job, real kind of job, was in the Montessori school. I've always worked and um, served children. So to not have my own, if so, three years in, if somebody says, how come y'all don't have a baby? I think there should be some clue, for, for lack of a better word, that there's probably a reason why we don't have a baby. Right. Right. right? And again, I think people mean well when they are asking those questions. Mm-hmm. But I think kind of two when two equals four, that there's probably something that has happened or that's happening that has contributed to why we, but speaking right. in general, why a couple hasn't, and the pain mm-hmm. that comes from those questions. Now, I am a pretty, um, I try to be very diplomatic mm-hmm. in um, how I respond to people try to be politically correct you know because of different positions and you probably um, more than me places in life so <laughs> i try to respond to people in a way that's like diplomatic and mm-hmm. i try not to hurt their feelings and generally ingest that pain to not cause them to feel mm-hmm. some level of embarrassment or discomfort and you know you kind of smile and nod and just you know you know take it in oh when y'all having a baby why y'all not have no baby girl you better have a baby and you just kind of be like Mm, oh well yeah pray for us or mm. Mm, well you know we're just we're just doing some things differently right or whatever the diplomatic answer is right. when the reality is like that is a very painful question mm-hmm. and also you know we've talked about this a lot like for life goals I have had a lot of success and I'm so grateful for that. I've had a lot of opportunities, you know, God-given opportunities, God-breathed successes. And I'm grateful for every title I have, every position I've held, every opportunity. But for me, growing up especially, there was only two titles that I really wanted. One was title of wife. The other was title of mother. Mm-hmm. And so everything else is great. It's a bonus. It's an addition. But then to not be able to part, you know, this is not a conversation about singlehood, but right, for a long right. time, the, the pain was about being single. Right. And then now when you have a partner, mate, spouse that you would actually want to reproduce mm-hmm. with, right, you right. know, or that it would be a good situation to not be able to do that is very painful. And I don't think people realize how much it is how much pain it brings when you ask those types of questions right. and that expectation and pressure. Um, I'll say that I'll, this last thing I'll say, and I'll tag you back in, but like, I absolutely hate Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And I have for a long time. Now, hate might be too strong of a word, but it's a 24 hour period that I'm ready to get out of quickly. In and, out. In and, and out. even, you know, in the younger years of life, when people say, Happy Mother's Day, and I'm like, I don't have kids. What? You don't have any kids? And I would kind of look at them like, why is that a surprise that, you know, a 27-year-old or 30-year-old or however year old, like, doesn't have kids? And that was just like, you're, people say things like, you're a unicorn, you're you rare. I'm like, okay, that's, again, a whole other conversation. But just that pain where 
especially when you've been trying Mm -hmm. to have children, when you've been, you know, we won't get all into our journey, but, you know, doctor's visits and procedures and all of the different things that people go through, often very quietly. Right. You know, we don't put up pictures. Like, we take a lot of pictures, you know. (laughs) We know that. (laughs) But y'all don't see us taking pictures in the doctor's office. You don't see us, you know, taking pictures in our uh, hospital gowns like selfie like that's not right. something that is often the pictures of prescriptions and stuff right it's not often or pictures in the bathroom after you've thrown up or right. pictures right. of the negative test results or mm-hmm. you know those aren't things that are often public but the conversation is it can be very um hurtful and i again i don't think people mean to be hurtful that way but they aren't i don't think they acknowledge the impact of what they're saying. What are your thoughts? So one of the things, one of the first things I thought about was when you talked about like the three three year. Mm-hmm. Now we have heard, and we just heard this on on the show we were watching about the honeymoon baby. Mm-hmm. So if a baby, if reg, if on regular terms, a baby can be a honeymoon baby. If it's been if it's been two years, let's just say two years, and not three. Mm-hmm. If it's been a third year and you're still asking these people the same questions, maybe before you ask that question, you should ask, "Hey, are you got? Do you guys want to have children? Hey, or maybe have an actual conversation instead of saying, "Hey, when you having babies?" Because I think having a different conversation. May it, it, it may ease the blow a little bit because it's not so much that gut shot of oh like 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 oh I don't have them, but that also shows that you're actually concerned about the person's well being as opposed to just just being nosy about them having a baby or not. And and I think what I just heard you say is it's a definitely wonderful redirect, but it caused me to wonder. When you said, like, you should ask, are you guys, do you want to have... I want to know, why do people feel like it's their business to even ask that? For the, for the And this is why I went back to start, I said, at engagement. For the same reason people, when so the day people get engaged, they're asking, when is the date? Right. They feel like they have that access to ask you, when is the date? Some of them folks ain't even going to be there. Because you ain't even going to invite them. But... You're not going to invite them, but they're going to ask you because they feel like they have that much access and they deserve that much information. And the the reality is they don't. They don't. Right. So even if I, like, I think I saw a post and I probably shared it, but it was saying basically kind of some socially correct things not to point out. Uh And it was like, don't point out when people have a pimple. Mm -hmm. Don't point out, you know, if they have, if they've gained weight. Mm -hmm. Don't, like, I think there are certain things that are just not necessary. Um, You know, if I know of a couple that's been together for a long time and Mm -hmm. they don't have a baby, I don't ask Especially if I don't have a relationship with that person, mm-hmm. right? That's a key, right? I there. have relationship with. I have family members who I have good relationship with that I know has been together 15, 20 years and married and don't have children. And guess what? I don't ask them. And exactly. And I, <laughs> and think I have that, relationship. I, I think that that's important. Like first tier, if you don't have relationship, mm-hmm. I don't think you should be asking those questions. Right. Uh, if you have relationship. 
doesn't mean that you have to ask that question either. I like to lead from the perspective of let the person bring it up. Right. You know, I tend to operate like this. This is something the person wants me to know. They'll either tell me directly Mm. or they'll say enough things that lead me to ask the question. And I think that that is so important to consider what your because words matter relationships matter and what if it is that this is touching something you know maybe they were pregnant and had a miscarriage right um the statistics around miscarriage and it is so high it's staggering sometimes Mm -hmm. it's scary to even think about um i had a friend of mine who just had uh their second child but when she was at the doctor's office. Her doctor was telling her, and she's 32, mm-hmm. um, that she has an advanced maternal age. And I remember being like, wait a minute, what? At 32? And again, I'm not suggesting that medically, that I don't know, I'm not talking about the medical, but we're just hearing that, right? So when we think about what other people are experiencing, you know, I'm 41, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, if you're 32 and I'm 10 years older than you, like, I should. There is no hope, right? Or, and, and I know we're not talking faith or anything like this right. at this moment. Right. But just in that reality, like, there are so many things that people are going through in their physical bodies mm-hmm. that it just never is called into the conversation. Right. And it can be, like, a landmine to step on that thing. And like I said, I'm gracious, and I imagine most people are gracious. Mm-hmm. They don't rip your head off and, you know, right. break down and start crying in front of you when you ask that question. But it just really causes me. And then the strain that that level can put on the relationship. Right, right. Right? So there's the pain of having to deal with that, the pain of the pressure mm-hmm. from people, and then how that can get translated into the relationship, right? Into how the couple can relate to each other because of that. Um I don't know if you want to speak to anything about that, but I think that, you know, personally, I know that I have felt very much like the Bible talks about Hannah, where, um, you know, back in the day when they had a couple of different choices for wives or or concubines or Mm -hmm. handmaids, sadly enough, uh, the story of Hannah where she had a husband and because she was not able to produce children, he had legally was able to have another wife who had like eight kids and she would taunt him. I mean, she would taunt her like, you know, and I can only imagine like I have been in that situation where I'm like, I feel Hannah's pain. Like no wonder she was in the temple crying as hard as she was and praying as hard, especially when, you know, whatever, value that was placed on women and being able to produce and I think that we still have some of that maybe not nearly as strong and overt but I think in those questions inherent in those questions implied in that question is still that idea that as a woman you're supposed to be able to produce and give your husband kids or you are good if you have children like there's some level of value that you have in the world not just because you're a human, not just because you're God's child, but because you can produce children. So I think many times I felt like, I understand why Hannah was so mm-hmm. sad. 
And even Hannah's husband was like, I don't understand. Am I not better to you? I love you more than her. I, I better to you than seven sons. And I feel like Hannah was probably sometimes like, you just don't get it. You don't get it. And I think that, like I said, that challenge can impact the, the relationship. Right. Right. Go ahead. You want to say I, something? Well, one of the things I was uh, thinking about was that I think that when these people at continually ask these questions, I don't think they realize that in that vein or in that same almost uh, doctrine of it being a uh, being uh, fertile is a thing of, uh, of of being a woman, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I don't think they realize that that can make a woman feel less than. Absolutely. And come and even coming from a woman, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't take because because the reality is most men aren't the ones asking the question. You're right. Are you? Oh, are you having? A, usually, it's not a man. Usually, it's it's a woman asking another woman. And I and you would and you would honestly think that being a woman, mm-hmm. that there would be more a, a, a little bit or a better level. That's the word. A better level of sensitivity towards that subject, whether they have kids or not. But just because, even just just because they knew how it felt for someone to keep asking them, even if they did have kids later on. Just the frustration of sometimes that being continually being asked and not considering, as you said, those different things that may be going on within the body. And sometimes there are some women that don't know that these things are happening in their bodies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that also, that also you know, we say they mean well, it, they do mean well, but it also can bring up feelings of... Uh, Oh, not that's that's not even what I was thinking about. It also can brings up bring up that thought or if there had been a miscarriage, mm-hmm. all of those emotions and feelings come right back up to the surface yep. when you bring that up, and it and then it can cause them it can cause a woman to go back go go back into a depression, mm-hmm. go into a depression, mm-hmm. or feel even further less than to where now it's affecting the relationship between, you know. That, that that woman and her husband mm-hmm. and now it's like okay he didn't know he clearly wasn't the, the, the reason for this mm-hmm. but he may get the repercussions and have to try mm-hmm. to figure out how do I help her with this how do I even though he may have already helped her through the first set but mm-hmm. now that he you hit the reset button now mm-hmm. because you brought back because you know this person decided that it was their place mm-hmm. to ask these questions and bring everything back up and now it's almost, you're almost back at square one. Yeah. Um, I, I know there there's been so many so many different things. I, I would often hear about many relationships almost just being destroyed mm-hmm. from a loss of a child, mm-hmm. from or whether it's the child being born and then and then passing, whether it's a child who you know later on you know grows up for a period of time and something happens. You know, there's some, some whether it's well, there, there are plenty of different ways it could happen, but there are many different situations where I have heard of people of you know different relationships, you know, totally being take some. yeah, the toll, and it's it's serious, and I think if we would be considerate of the toll that it takes, whether it is a miscarriage, whether it's a death, or or even if it's a. Uh, an, an inability to have them. Mm-hmm. 
I think if we think about that and their relationship and think about what what we're saying can do and how it can affect them in their relationship, I think we would be, would be a, a whole lot better if we could actually be considerate mm-hmm. of those things. And, you know, I think what, what you were just speaking to, we've had these conversations, other, you know, phases of these conversations around, like, marital stress and um, things like that. I I think that, especially if a couple, if a couple, like, and there are some couples who have decided we don't want to have kids. Right. We're done. We're or you know we never wanted them for a variety of reasons. But I think if a couple has a openness or a desire to have a family to reproduce, and when that's not happening, again whether it's been public or not, mm-hmm. the impact that that has on the relationships with each other their individual relationships with God, which mm-hmm. then now impacts how they right. show up. You know, all the different stress psychosocial stressors, as we call them, mm-hmm. that impact how we show up in the world. Right. So whether it's I'm depressed because I had a miscarriage mm-hmm. or um, I am resentful because I can't mm-hmm. or I am losing faith because we've been hoping, believing, praying, you know, all the different things that impact a relationship this is a really huge area now we've been talking again about how people's statements can bring that up but even moving past when people aren't bringing that up mm-hmm. that is a very real present um thing because it could be just watching the commercial on tv you know it could be a, something on social media a, a cute baby picture it doesn't have to just be when people say those things but really you know holding space for the pain of infertility and child loss whether that's again miscarriage or you know birthing premature death all those things that is a a huge psychosocial stressor on the individual and on the marital unit let let me just add one one more thing to that because as as you were talking something else just came to mind and that is the reality that sometimes it's not the woman Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sometimes it's the man Mm-hmm. And those same feelings of feeling less than, mm-hmm. feeling insecure, are those same feelings the man can have mm-hmm. if he is past his, let's say, his uh, prime of production. Mm-hmm. The woman may be fertile as mug, mm-hmm. but if he can't do, if he's not able to produce, you may be uh, stirring up the pot when asking her mm-hmm. because now That's she may be resentful. Point towards him because she's like well you know you've lived your life that's a great point i haven't had a chance to do this we're together but now you're holding you know this you're holding this in your hands because now Mm -hmm. we can't do this because of you and that can cause Mm a huge 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 rift yeah huge great point that's a great point yeah man and so you know, what, as we get ready to bring this conversation to a close, what encouragement do we want to offer people who find themselves kind of either listening to this as like, yes, they get it, they understand what I'm going through, mm-hmm. but then also for people who are kind of like, mm, I need to reconsider how I interact with folks. Like, what encouragement would you give first to people who listen to this and they relate to our story of 
not having children? So, the first thing I would probably say is know that there's someone out there that's still praying for you because, you know, those are prayers for others who are in similar situations that are just sent out whether we know your name or not. Uh-huh. Um, know that clearly you're not alone uh-huh. and that someone else does understand the pain, the thoughts, and the reality that you're living uh-huh. and going through. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, what would you say to people who are listening and hopefully this is triggered a thought of maybe times they have been the producers of pain for people. Got yeah. a lot of P alliteration. You said right producers, now. well, you know what? Producers, what's, it's of, pain producers of pain. I thought my thought when you I know you're gonna tell me oh, that I have this reference all the time. I thought authors of pain, which is the same that. thing. Yeah. But um, I, what I would say, and it's really something very, very simple: be kind. Because being kind mm-hmm. will cause you to consider before you just randomly start talking about certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be the main thing. Be kind because that could be your story mm-hmm. or could be your child's story later on. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to have that be hanging over you like, you know what, I did that. And now I, under- I understand what they just said. And, and now it's time for me to actually do something about it. Since, I, since I've now heard it, I now understand it now. Now let me take the action and be kind about these things when they come up. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when that when that situation arises, it, it, maybe it's not necessary because you don't have the relationship. It's not necessary for you to say it. And even if you do, maybe it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my um, words of, of <laughs> instruction, for lack of a better word, to people who uh, that second category, who are hopefully maybe hearing what we're saying and want to make some course of direction. You say be kind. Mm-hmm. I would say be quiet. You know, <laughs> I'm okay. not saying that what be kind is wrong. I'm just saying I think it's important to be quiet. You know, everything is not necessary to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that instead of asking those questions, and sometimes they're just faith face. Nope. Space, Space fillers. There we go. You know, you're having conversations, small talk, general. How you doing? What's mm-hmm. been going on? When you have a baby? Have another question. Right. You know, have Did another question to ask when you are having those space fillers. So, hey, how's it going? How's married life? How's your job? Right. What things have y'all been trying? What's your favorite food? Mm-hmm. Like, have a whole bunch of other things to address or to bring up mm-hmm. or to converse about so that way that one doesn't come up. Because, you know, if you are talking to someone who has kids, they tell you, if you're talking to someone who has, you know, is pregnant, they're telling you like, ooh, girl, my feet been hurting mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that thing is. And that is an open door to talk about the swollen right. feet or to right. talk about the t- terrible twos or whatever. But, you know, be be quiet. Don't ask those questions um, and, you know, find something else to say. If there is, if you just can't come up with anybody, any other topic, do some pre-work. Like, I know I'm right. going to be hanging with this couple <laughs> instead of being like, when y'all going to have a baby? Like, what vacations have y'all taken? Or how's your mom? Like, there's so mm. many different things that you so can ask questions. about. 
Um, and secondly, to people who are listening, who maybe are, are sharing some of the same experiences that we've talked about, um, I'm not going to be the person to be like, well, God knows and everything happens for a reason, all that kind of stuff. While there's fact in that, that doesn't help how we feel. So I think it's definitely a constant prayer point for me around God help my emotions. Not necessarily like, oh, help me get pregnant or help us have like whatever that is. While that can be a prayer thought, just really praying and asking God to help us handle this part of the journey that we're on. You know, whether that results in a baby or not, God just help me be okay. Help my emotions be okay. As well as, um, you know, continue to send people who understand, mm-hmm. right? Who just can help you support while you're in that space. Right. Until you either get to resolve or till you get to have, you know, hold a baby. Mm-hmm. Whatever that place is, just know that God is with you. God loves you. God cares. And, you know, when we pray and we pray for people who are facing this same thing, just know that we are praying for you, right. that you are, uh, and that others are praying as well, mm-hmm. you know. So um, we hope that this conversation was enjoyable to hear about, and we can help you. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.